0: Welcome BTEC students, Uh, this podcast is going to engage with the theoretical framework for your projects. So uh, in place of the lecture on Friday, I had a MS Teams meeting with some of you and for the rest of you who are working on your literature reviews and who are trying to engage with the theoretical framework this is the podcast for you so we're going to talk about the theoretical framework what the theoretical framework is and then how to go about choosing your theoretical framework as well as writing about your theoretical framework and this uh, lecture this podcast comes at the end of a lot of talk about a lot of lectures about the literature review and the components of the literature review and we've spoken in depth about the theoretical framework already so some of what we're going to discuss today is not going to be in any way new but i think that it is helpful to us at this point particularly as you prepare your draft of your literature review to have a very dedicated session on the theoretical framework and the reason for that is because um and I cannot um emphasize this any more than I already have and will continue to do in the course the the theory is tantamount to the writing of the literature review without an understanding of of theory there is no literature review in the formal sense. So when you are reviewing literature you're not just talking to me about your topic. So new researchers um, and students every year will, will write eight, ten 10 pages, sometimes more, and they will just tell me about their topic. So let's say they're talking to me about HIV, they will tell me for 8 pages what HIV is, how it is transmitted, who it affects, where it is, uh, is experienced the most often, um, any stuff that's coming out of the media around HIV, all of this stuff they will expand in an, in a lot of detail, and while that is good that they understand and and cons- can conceptualize their topic, that that information is what I would call background information. It's it's the the part of your literature review that comes at the beginning. Yeah. Of your literature review process, it defines your concepts, it tells people who's involved, what um, what the problem is, but it doesn't in fact review the literature. So it's not telling me what academics are saying about my topic. So your literature review, and we've, we have spent some time talking about this, is there to review the literature. It's to show what academics are saying, the conversations that they're having, the debates that they're having, the discussions that they're having about the topic that you're looking at. And particularly they are going to highlight the causes of your your problem that that you're looking at. So if you're only looking at the who, what, where um, and how, that's background information. It's the why that makes it more of a literature review. So why do people think that this is happening at this time and in this place? And so critical to a literature review is engaging with theory. It's the the explanations that academics give for why certain problems exist in the world. But in that in that process of unpacking the literature and why um, academics are interested in your topic and why, what explanations they're giving for the problem you're looking at, you're also going to frame your study in relation to your chosen theory. And we have cho- spoken about your chosen theory before. We've spoken about the chocolate bar and selling that chocolate bar, but that's that's. Um, again what we're going to be doing in this session. So I've sent already two readings on theoretical frameworks that um, will help you to think about theoretical frameworks um, in your studies and in uh, the research process generally. So I do very strongly encourage you to read those. Um, But the one by Grant and Osan they, on page 12, which is the first page of the article at the bottom, they say this, and I'm going to quote them, um, The importance of using a theoretical framework in a dissertation study cannot be stressed enough. The theoretical framework is the foundation from which all knowledge is constructed, metaphorically and literally, for a research study. It serves as the structure and support for the rationale for the study, the problem statement, the purpose, the significance, and the research questions. So what this is saying to us is that the theoretical framework is at the heart of our research. They continue, the theoretical framework provides a grounding base or an anchor for the literature review, and most importantly, the methods, um, and analysis. They then quote Lysach, 2011, who highlighted the necessity of identifying one's theoretical framework for a dissertation study. And you may, um, as as I read this quote to you, recognize some of these ideas. So a researcher's choice of framework is not arbitrary, but reflects important personal beliefs and understandings about the nature of knowledge How it exists in the metaphysical sense in relation to the observer and the possible roles to be adopted and tools to be employed consequently by the researcher in his or her work. Without a theoretical framework, the structure and vision for a study is unclear, much like a house that cannot be constructed without a blueprint. By contrast, a research plan that contains a theoretical framework allows the dissertation to be strong and structured with an organized flow from one chapter to the next. So what they are saying to us is that, and I'm going to emphasize this point again, a theoretical framework is critical for research. And if you are writing a a literature review, or even a a, a full uh, study that does not have a theoretical framework it 's not research it is an opinion piece it's maybe an investigative piece it is um, it is certainly not research in the ways that um, research has been formulated and understood in in the field of knowledge production so Doing research means having a theory. And for new researchers who are learning about the skills of research, who are growing into being uh, fully developed um, researchers in their own right, who are going to go into master's study or PhD study, you're going to find that the, the question of the theory is going to be at the forefront of all of your future engagements with research, and many of my my students who have uh, made it through the BTech studies will be able to tell you that when they get to to a master's and PhD the first question they get asked in an interview is so what is your theoretical framework? what perspective are you taking um, and they are prepared for that because I've emphasized that like a gazillion times and I think even this year in my first lecture I I went through the theory, 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 theory emphasis when I spoke to you about research because my students get sick of hearing about theory when I'm when I'm talking to them but that the the first and most important skill that you should take away from your BTEC is to know how important theory is in research. And we, we may be more familiar with articles or um, engagements with academics where they don't overtly state their theoretical position. And it's unfortunate that that's the case because there is no research without theory. So even people who 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 claim to be completely objective or who claim to be doing hard sciences or to be looking at the natural order of things or to look at facts and um, and laws about how how nature works are using theory. And they're using a particular perspective to understand the world as they understand it. So whether they're using the theory of gravity, which has a lot of evidence behind it, or they're using some other kind of mathematical formula or scientific formula that also is is well-established and has a lot of evidence behind it, and there seems to be complete congruence in in academic uh, positions around that that's the best approach to take, it makes it no less theoretical it's still a perspective that is being applied to understanding the world and so in the human sciences and the social sciences in um in the arts we have many more uh, debates about which uh, positions are um, legitimate for understanding certain topics there's a lot more um Disagreement between academics, there's a lot more um, kind of conversation and controversy around position, certain positions. And so it's much more evident that there are different positions that are being adopted. But again, researchers may not openly state their position, they may not say, I am using a gender setting they will just use a gender setting in the work that they are doing and certainly i think um, as a researcher becomes more versed in their in their craft as they are doing research more and more often and getting feedback from their peers they become more comfortable to the position that they have taken and to to just speak as if that is the natural order of things. When, When you're a novice researcher and you're making these decisions, it's much more clear that you're making those decisions, whereas later you may be very well established in a particular area and just continue to work within that area without necessarily being aware that there are other kinds of positions that one could take. So we understand that That in fact, there are some perks also to being a novice researcher in that sense. That the the choices that you're making are much more grounded in a selection um, between different options. And that process of selection between different options comes from a process of reading. So you are, are not just going to choose a theory because you know a theory. So, oh, I know about agenda setting, so therefore that must be the one that I must pick. Well, maybe that's the one that you're leaning towards, and maybe that will be the one that you pick. Um, And that's okay to have a a preference, but it's not okay to be so closed minded that you don't consider any alternatives. So you need to do the reading. Picking your theoretical framework comes as the result, direct result of doing the reading. And this is why it's hard for me sometimes to give feedback on people's chosen theoretical frameworks, because they will say to me, is agenda setting the right theory to choose? And I, from just that information, can't tell you that it's the right theory to choose. You have to do the reading, and based on what you're seeing in the reading, make a call as to what makes the bit, the most sense, so you have to look at the readings and start to unpack the patterns and we 've spoken about the patterns in the readings before so so what kinds of of um, explanations are researchers giving, and if you are looking uh, at recent and relevant literature, that is, in the last five years would be what I would uh, call recent and then um, being based locally. Uh, Certainly in South Africa or being based in very similar contexts would be what I would call relevant literature. So you're looking for stuff that's based in sub-Saharan Africa, Southern Africa, and looking for contexts that maybe are similar in other respects. So we're probably more like India than we are like uh, Britain, right? So you could make an argument that that India has some of the same issues of inequality, poverty, um, those kinds of things, whereas you know Britain just doesn't. So um, relevant has to also be um, in relation to what you're trying to argue. But if you if you are using recent and relevant literature, you should be getting a a, a pretty good sense of. What academics are saying about your topic, and within that, you have to start to notice the patterns. So, are most of the articles written about my topic talking about economics? Are they just, you know, focusing on the rands and cents of what this costs and where the money is coming from? You're at, is that what they're doing, or are they focusing on um, politics? Are they looking at leadership? Are they looking at the ways in which uh, political power is operating? Are they looking at things like governance and, um, and the ways in which uh, uh, political parties are operating within communities? That could be one kind of angle that's, that may intersect with economics, but may be its own thing entirely as well. Um, are they focusing more on on families or communities or um, or certain kinds of institutions or certain kinds of people. Those are the kinds of patterns that you want to look at in the literature because those will give you the clues as to what their theoretical um, basis is. So a person who's looking at something from an economic perspective, they may not say I'm using a A Chicago school model of education of of uh, economics, which you don't have to even know, Um, but they certainly are using an economic model. So you could you could in your literature review say there's this increasing focus on the economics around this issue, in the ways that researchers have understood it. Right, and so you're adding that layer of understanding of showing the patterns. your literature review and so you want to unpack the different approaches that researchers have used and then only once you have done that once you have unpacked all of the different angles that researchers have understood your topic through will you decide what which of those approaches or another approach is the approach that you want to take So if, for example, the pattern is showing that most uh, literature on my topic is using an economic approach. Well, do I also want to use an economic approach? And if so, which economic theory makes sense for my project? And then you write that up. You say, I'm going to use this economic theory. And it makes sense because... Uh, look at all these other academics who have used this theory. So it's not just choosing which theory you're going to, um, to use. It's also that you explain and justify why you are using it. And if you're using one that is clearly evident and dominant in the literature, then you say that this is clearly evident and dominant in the literature. So it makes a lot of sense to continue to take this approach. You will then need to, in your research questions or in your your methodology, show how this is going to talk about something new, that you're not just um, looking at something that's already over-researched, that you're adding a new element to the project somehow, a different population or a different community, or um, the fact that this has been researched mostly in the West and you want to apply it in, in, in South Africa. Um, all of that would add that new element to using an old theory, an old established theory on your topic. But you could also easily justify using a theory that is less dominant, so one that is in the literature but isn't used as often. And you could say that this is a, an area that has uh, you know started to emerge or that you want to see have a greater emphasis in relation to your topic. And therefore, you want to, to put the focus on, on something that's less dominant. So let's say, for example, the predominant theory is economic. And you want to use a theory that is, is there, let's say maybe a cultural theory or media theory. Right? People are already using this, this approach. They're using a media theory to understand this issue. But there's not a lot of them. There's just a couple of, of authors who are using a media approach. They're not, they're not the biggest voices on the scene. And so you say, I want to emphasize these issues within the media. And these academics are also showing that there is some salience to issues around the, around the media in terms of my topic. So salience being uh, importance. There's some sort of importance for... Continuing to ask these questions about what's happening with the topic and with the media. Right? It obviously doesn't have to be the media for your your theory. This is going to be based on your reading. And then, if you want to use a, an approach that is neither the dominant theory nor a a more uh, a minor theory that's in the literature. And you want to go with a completely new theory that nobody in relation to your topic or similar topics is using at all. So nobody is using something like a psychology theory to understand this issue. They're focusing much more on the media. They're focusing on economics. They're focusing on these collective issues that are about how groups of people are understanding this, but nobody's looking at it from an individual perspective and what's happening inside of people how this affects their psychology. So you want to add this to the conversation. Again, you would then say, okay, so this is what everybody else is doing and I'm going to do something different because this helps me to answer the questions that we have about this uh, particular topic. That this topic in, in South Africa requires us to use this approach and then you have to, have to support that. You have to be able to say, Though these are real questions about this topic that haven't been addressed yet. And who's saying that these are real questions? Because it can't just be you. It's got to come from the literature. So you've got to have a, a backup from the literature to say that the things that um, they're seeing in relation to this topic emerge are then psychological issues. But nobody yet has under, unpacked and understood these And so the choice of your theoretical framework, very, very, very importantly, must come from your reading. So the reading will guide you to what kind of theoretical framework you choose. Now, of course, the choice is still yours. So it's not that there's a right or a wrong answer. It's not that you must take the economic approach, if that's the dominant approach. It's not that you must take a a minor approach and expand it. And it's not that you must take a new approach altogether. It is that whichever one answers the questions that you have about this topic and that you can justify and support with the literature is the theory that you are going to take forward. So there, there are three components to choosing a theory that I focus on. The one is that it is personal. You are going to probably have a theory in mind before you start the reading and your personal interest and the questions you have about the research are going to shape your choice and you must be clear about what that choice is from from the get-go. What am I leaning towards? What what kind of uh, approach sits well with me? And that's completely perfectly fine. I spoke um, in yesterday's uh, meeting about the the fears that people have about being biased in research. It is perfectly okay to be biased in research. As new researchers and certainly as new researchers coming out of uh, a media and journalism background, you probably have been trained for a long time to think that bias is a, a dirty word. And it is in, in journalism. So in journalism um the goals are different. So people sometimes think that when I, uh, when I compare journalism and research, that I'm saying that journalism is, is better or worse than research. Um, no, that's not true at all. And um, journalism is just different to research. And while um, certainly journalists do their own kind of research, and this is the trick is that people sometimes think that these two things are the same thing. Um, You need to be able to separate out what you do in journalism and what you do in research. That these are two different processes. So in journalism, your your goals are to be able to accurately report on what's happening in society, and to do so in a way that doesn't um, doesn't uh, structure and create propaganda. That you are so biased that you are supporting a particular position. And so you don't want to be influenced in any kind of way by outside uh, forces to, to record one kind of version of reality over another. And that makes sense. That's, that's the, the keystone of democracy, so for journalism, that's what you want to do. You want to be unbiased. But in research, the goals are different. In research, the goal is to actually create answers for what we're seeing in society. So what, what actually is the reason behind certain things? And how can we then use what we know to fix society? And because we are we are in the interests of fixing society, we can't be neutral. We can't say that oh maybe it's economics, maybe it's um, uh, the media, maybe it's individual psychology, or maybe you know like it's a it's this mess of everything all together. Because if you do that, you can't then ent- uh, engage with with fixing stuff. The answer becomes so. Uh, muddled that how do you intervene so you need to be able to be clear and say actually the problem is economics and we need to address the economics and this is how we can do it and that's that is bias so it's okay to be biased in research and when you're picking your theoretical framework be biased (laughs) It's okay, but be clear about where those biases are coming from and how they are shaping your project. The second thing in terms of choosing a theoretical framework that you must, 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 must do, and I often battle with students um, to, to get them past this idea, is that your choice must come from the reading. So, you must be reading, you must be reading as widely and as, as deeply as possible uh, recent relevant literature that allows you to see the patterns that are emerging. The last thing in terms of choosing your uh, your theory that, that you must take into consideration is the justification so yes it 's going to be based on your reading and it 's going to be based on your personal beliefs, but you 're going to have to. Make a logical uh, claim for why you are taking one theory over another. Why Why is this the best theory to answer this topic? And that argument, that justification that you have to give, must be supported by literature. So you can't just say, oh, I'm using this theory because it sounds cool. Well, that's not enough. So you're using this theory because it helps you to answer the questions that you've already established by telling me what the problem is. So the questions don't have to be questions in the sense of this is my first question, this is my second question. No, it's, it's, these are the things that we are seeing with this issue that we don't yet have answers for. And so there has to be that logical connection. This theory helps me to answer those things that I've shown you about this problem. And that in that way, that, um, that this makes the most sense. That this is the best choice out of the available options. So those are the three big ideas of picking your theory. That it's personal that it comes from your reading, and that it involves justification. That you can't just say, I'm using this theory. Well, so what? Why? How? What does it mean? Why why are you picking that one? So you need to be able to give the full explanation. And this is, in the literature review, what I talk about as the argument, as well as the gap. So the gap um, is the, the summation at the end of your literature review, That is going to tell the reader why you are taking a particular approach. And it's often only about two sentences. Where um, the person says right at the end. Based on everything that we have looked at. Based on all of the readings we have examined. It makes the most sense to use this theory to understand this topic. So you sum up the choice that you've made. This, this project is going to use a gender setting theory because the literature um, shows that this is the best for understanding this topic. right and that 's your gap. Now, um, I know that I 've spoken to you about the gap in class before, but I 'm just going to uh, recap that the gap is the point in your research at the end of your literature review, when your project is at its narrowest. When you have defined your topic and defined your theory, and you are now convincing your reader that you of exactly what you're looking at and why. I am looking at experiences of women. I'm looking at women's experiences in a clinic uh, in uh, in Glenwood in relation to HIV, and I am using the agenda setting theory because. I'm looking at the ways that um, certain agendas have been set by, let's say, um, community media in these clinics. Okay, so I have narrowed my project so specifically. I'm ta- I'm targeting a specific specific group. I'm using a particular topic. I'm using a particular theory, and I'm showing that this is the best approach to answering the questions that I have okay and so just to end um, in relation to the gap the the gap is not this idea that sometimes people have of it and even again if you go to a master's or phd interview they will ask you what's your gap and it's not what people think it is. And people tend to think that it's, the question is asking, what are you doing that nobody else has ever done before? And that's not true at all. The gap is, how are you expanding what is already known about this topic? How are you expanding what is already known about this topic? That's what the gap is. And this is why I like to call it the need and not the gap, because it's why do you need to do this research? And why do you need to do this research? Well, if you're using a dominant theory, you need to do it because it's not been done in, the same, in, in, in your context before. It's not been done in Durban, it's not been done in KZN, maybe not been done in South Africa or even in Africa before. So you're using an old theory, but you're doing so in a new, in a new place. And that's what, how you're expanding the, the, the knowledge base. If you are using a minor theory, well, I'm using using a minor theory that allows me to expand on this subset of the problem that has been under-researched. Or if you are using a new theory altogether, you are contributing that. I'm contributing a new theoretical angle for understanding this problem. So that's what you're, why you need to do the research. You need to do the research because something about the, the research has not been fully understood yet. So if anybody ever asks you, what is the gap in research? What they are essentially asking you is, why do you need to do this, this research? And they're also asking you about your theory. They're asking you, why are you doing this research like this? Okay, I paused because that's powerful. Why are you doing your research like this? And that goes to that idea of justification that I spoke about. It's not enough to just choose a theory, that theory must be justified. That must be justified in relation to the readings that you've done. And so, when you, in terms of ri- writing up your theory, that justification comes in in the form of what I spoke about in terms of the chocolate bar. You have to sell the hell out of that chocolate bar. That chocolate bar is not selling on the shelves and you have to get people to, to want to buy it. And so what did we, we say you need to do for the chocolate bar? We said the first thing is you have to give the ingredients. So you have to actually unpack what is this theory? What does it say? who has, who is has used uh, who has developed this theory? who has expanded this theory? what is it actually about so that uh, that 's what I call the boring textbook stuff. Tell me what are the stages tell me what are the the components of that theory Does it have a model involved? does it have um, any other uh, like subparts or sections or Various explanations that, that allow me to understand this topic. Then the second part of, the, the, of selling that chocolate bar is telling me what, how it compares to the other available chocolate bars. So you, it's not enough to just tell me that this is a good chocolate bar. You want to also tell me it's a good chocolate bar and it is better than the others. And this is where you then say, is this the dominant theory? Is this a sub-amount of theory? Is this a theory that doesn't talk about the, um, this topic at all, but it actually has strengths in certain areas? Right. This is, this is where you want to compare your theory to the other theories that you've already explained in your literature review. And then lastly, selling that chocolate bar, you want those five-star reviews, and that is where you want other academics to be using your theory and to show that they are using your theory on the same or similar issues, so that there is a sense that this theory is recent and relevant, that it is not just an old theory that was applied in the 1920s and you just think it sounds cool so I'm going to just go with it. No, actually it's a 1920s theory maybe, but there are people in 2019 who are still using it because it continues to be relevant to similar kinds of topics to the one that that you're looking at so those are the five star reviews is the other academics who are um, using and loving your theory it's the it's the people who have bought your chocolate bar and who think it is fantastic so when you write up your theoretical um, choice you have to have all of those components you have to have the the ingredients. You have to have the comparison and you have to have the five-star reviews. So your theoretical section should in fact be uh, a substantial proportion of your literature review. If we think of the literature review as being in the region of five to eight pages, you're probably going to be having two to three pages just on your theoretical framework. And uh, the warning of that is, is that if you spend too much time on your background literature, you're not going to have enough time for your literature review and your theoretical framework. So you're not, the, the bulk of your study should be on the theory. So the first section, if we think about the shape of the literature review as being the funnel, that top section, the background literature, should be a very small proportion of your of your overall literature review. I'd say a page, a page and a half. Then your... Uh, other theories, the the patterns that you're looking at, the theories that you're reading about, that th- that should be around two to three pages, and then your, your theoretical choice should be two to three pages at the end, culminating in the explanation for your gap. Why am I doing this project in this way? So I hope that that helps with the, the choices that you're making around your theoretical framework. And The readings that I've sent you are incredibly helpful. Um, They do, the one particularly, but both, uh, do also compare theoretical framework and a conceptual framework. You don't need to um, worry about those too much. At this point, but just for a brief understanding so that you can uh, compare them, the theoretical framework is... And this is a very rudimentary understanding that I have of it. The theoretical framework is using an established theory that other academics have uh, developed to a problem that you are looking at, whereas a conceptual framework is more of a model that um, you have yourself developed in relation to what you're seeing in the literature and other theories, and that you are wanting to apply that with some sort of um, aim to see how it uh, does sort of like intervention work in society. I don't, and I don't want to use that word intervention, but it's kind of looking at at action, how that that model is actioned in society. So what's important there is is that uh, it's not the action, but the the idea that it's your own model. And this is why a conceptual framework is best tackled more at the level of a master's or PhD because it requires some sort of understanding of theory and how theories work and how to combine them and adapt them into different models. So, um, this is why you don't need to know about it now because you are clearly um, at the beginning of your research journeys and and therefore I recommend, I strongly recommend that you go with a straightforward theoretical framework where you are using an established theory in its entirety and you are checking the ways that that theory applies to the topic that you are working with. Okay, so let's not get lost on that um, sidetrack. What we are focused on is the theoretical framework as you are going to use it in your project, the choice that you have to make. And it's a, it's a reasoned, rational choice that comes at the end of reading about what's been written on your topic. And it must, must be justified. So you must convince your reader that this is the best approach to take for the topic that you're looking at. Okay. Um, If you have any questions, if there are things that you want to know about um, any parts of the research but but the theoretical framework in particular, please do let me know um, before you submit your drafts this week. And um, if you're listening to this after that, um, let me know if I can help you with um, thinking about the research generally or the theoretical framework as you continue to engage with your studies. I will see you all soon and all the best. Cheers.